Jeffrey Combs was in a great many things. Oh yeah, Reanimator, Robot Jocks, Bride of Reanimator. Oh yeah, The Frighteners, other DS9 episodes, and Dr. Mordred. Oh yeah, but it's time for us to waste Jeffrey Combs for an episode. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So deep. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Doing great. I'm doing well. So, yeah, we're talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We're getting in season three when it's a good season, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, for, I forgot. Isn't well, it? This, <laughs> like, this is where it got good. This week we're... Uh, uh, what's, what are we talking this about? This week we're on episode eight of season three. This episode is called Meridian. It originally aired November 14th, 1994. The IMD description is as follows. Dax falls in love with one of the residents of a multi-dimensional planet. While on DS9, an alien requests a holosuite program of Kira from Quark. <laughs> Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I, uh, hated this episode. What did you guys think? <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? Man, this, this was good. What the fuck? I was like, no, no, I didn't. I did not like this episode. One. Okay. Yes, we're all, all three of us are in the same page. So I've never, I've never seen Brigadoon, but this is Brigadoon. Yeah. I haven't like, seen it either, but yeah, I know this is Brigadoon, right? Yeah, I don't know anything about Brigadoon, but I guess this is a Brigadoon. Oh, man. Uh, I hope I never have to watch. Maybe they should stop doing Brigadoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, in, in a in a stunning reversal back upon my I Receive and Bear as a Hack, he has admitted that he commissioned the script from the writers. Oh. Said this was all his, buddy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this was him, him flexing his showrunner muscles where he's like, okay. I want a good script about Brigadoon, and, and they give him this, and he said, all right, checks out with me. This is fine. Uh, okay, but Jeffrey before can- we go on with the rest of this episode, let me ask you guys this right off the top of the bat. How do we feel about the B story? We don't hate the B story, do we? <laughs> uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't hate Jeffrey Coombs. Well, like- I don't think it's the best B story, but it's got Jeffrey Coombs in it, and... I like that. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, it's now. I think I can defend the B story a little bit because it's got mm-hmm. it answers a world building question that's sort of glaring right off the bat about holodecks and like creep culture and you know and having to. <laughs> I think it, it addresses that pretty much head on. Yes, in a way that probably next next generation could never do or would do. Yeah, I had to when I was taking notes for this episode. I must have wrote the word. It's not mentioned in the episode, but I must have mentioned the word pussy in like half of my notes and <laughs> jacket it in the other half. This was like a weirdly like I, I'll get. I mean, I just I'm looking over my notes and I just see picnic. Picnic. <laughs> no, picnic. it's picnic while they eat out a prickly pear in a very particular way. Like, we'll get into the A story and all the pussy stuff in there. But uh, in this... Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the B story, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted a picnic. There was a lot of picnic. No, Jeffrey Combs was like, fuck picnics, man. Fuck picnic. I think we're going to yeah. go hard paint into the Jeffrey Combs storyline. So I'm just going to start off with first. He looks like an alien that came from an alien race of Bradley Whitford's also. <laughs> Bunch of ginger Bradley Whitford. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch aliens. of aliens. And then, <laughs> and the, the the costume person. Something doesn't look right. Throw some green paint on his forehead. Okay, now it's done. <laughs> yes. Mwah. Also, his nostrils were upside down, looking pointing mm-hmm. up. So I assume it doesn't rain on his planet. <laughs> I thought they were just on the side. It looked like they were. Yeah, they, I mean, like they, they were, were weird puddle catchers. Like they were. And then I just felt sorry for Jeffrey Toombs having to be encased in the weird nostrilled Bradley Whitford makeup. <laughs> <laughs> With. It, it has no lips. Did you notice that? Yes. It was real awkward for him to drink his bottle of Andorian ale. Yeah, which uh, he plays the most famous Andorian later in his Star well, Trek you know what? I think I think this is a really good testament to how good Star Trek actors are kind of measured by how much they can act underneath their makeup. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, he was making deliberate choices under all that goobly guy yeah. and was still able to give us a compelling performance. Yeah, he's a he's the man. I love I love him so much. I think he's great and everything. I didn't know this until this uh, reading the notes for this episode. 
he was about to get cast as Riker. What? Oh, really? And then the casting directors, yeah. And then the cast they obviously went with Frank. I wonder how who directed f- this episode. Oh, did he? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> um, oh, uh, wait, that does not. Hmm. Apparently, Frank's brought Combs in or Combs in to because they're friends. Yeah, well, and be- to make it up for him because this is this it. episode and needed something. And yeah, I hope Combs <laughs> finds his way onto Discovery somehow. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Is this the first? alien that he plays on ds9 yes yeah i had this discussion with my brother before it's like this is the first time i remember seeing him I was like i mm-hmm. wouldn't need something else well he's a few other things but that's getting ahead of ourselves yeah and now he's recently just because i mean i still think it'll be timely when this podcast airs he's recently been in a it's had a like a movie rediscovered because he was in a the guys who did puppet master the puppet master movies had the rights to dr strange and when they lost them and they reverted back to Marvel, the Puppet Master guys still went ahead with their movie and made like Dr. Magic, the Mr. Magic <laughs> Man or something. And it's a whole movie. And Jeffrey Holmes plays the Dr. Strange character. And it's like this forgotten B sort of so good it's bad sort of masterpiece. And uh, he's like the lead. What year was that made? 89? 90? Wow. Okay. It's got some. It's got some. Because he was, I mean, he was reanimator. And I think he was in some of the Puppet Master movies. So he was in that. He's a big name in that circle, even in like the late 80s. So he was the lead in that movie. And so it's been rediscovered. So you can watch like there's whole YouTube reviews of it that are all new because of the Doctor Strange stuff. So. Oh, yeah. It was it like a Corman movie, like a Fantastic Four. Uh, it wasn't or? Corman, but it was like I mean, the Puppet Master guy yeah, yeah. was like I mean, he was it was Corman and oh, uh, it smoked Doctor Mordred. That's the name of this Doctor Mordred. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I'm looking at this and right it's now. Made by the- oh my god! If you're listening to this podcast. Pause and go to your nearest Google machine to look up this movie, this movie poster, <laughs> because it does look like a ripoff. Of yeah. He's even got a sash like Doctor Strange. Yeah, no, it is absolute. It was they went forward with the Doctor Strange script like they had a script. They went hard into the paint with Doctor Strange. They didn't. Oh, I need to buy this movie. They, <laughs> <laughs> they did a search and find to take out Doctor Strange's name and put Doctor Mordred in. Oh, is he a physician? Yeah. OK, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail our whole Star Trek podcast. <laughs> of he's. He's Doctor Strange, is what it sounds like to me. Uh, yes. His name's Stefan Mordred. Yeah, he's a podiatrist. He's a podiatrist. <laughs> right, right. It's the best. So check that out. Okay. Uh, so he's got that. So little- before he shows up, we get a little bit of character arc mm-hmm. setting going with Kira and Odo at the Replomat having coffee, and then Odo talks about trying to eat, and it didn't work because he doesn't have taste buds and it was unsatisfying and messy and she's like huh which i assume means he had to like he had some sort of poop issue like yeah i just figured it just flowed right through him or something yeah yeah Yeah, i mean you can do whatever scenario you want there right but it's we start off with talking about sensual things yes yes (laughs) and and odo is uncomfortable with them and then jeffrey combs shows up in his like shitty Vivian from the young ones almost what I thought but you're right he's more <laughs> he is kind of like Vivian from the young ones yeah yeah but I think you were more uh <laughs> correct in your assessment before he just uh, I don't know what it's like I've watched a lot of West Wing and he from the corner of my eye I was like Bradley Whitford's in this episode. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like the Bradley Whitford alien race if they're yes. all gingers yes but, and then Kira is like Kira, apparently, what I don't know what she was doing at Quark's late night or last call. She's got like another having a star drifter or whatever she's doing. Yeah, she, I mean, she's probably running a sting or something. But Odo didn't know. Well, about yeah, her. she was she was in a position to be getting picked up at a bar, I guess, is what the, the scenario that was laid out. Yeah. And Bradley Whitford was going going hard for her and, and she was disgusted by him. And right. I, I and felt like everybody. Next. Everybody in this episode, except for Odo, was acting really weird <laughs> and not like I expect their characters to act. I agree. Most everybody in this, except for maybe Quirk and Odo, are this are, are you know he's my rock. Yeah, yeah, and also like I know we've had this conversation before, but I think they are going firmly into the Odo is friend zoned mm-hmm. scenario by being the ringer boyfriend. Oh yeah, for the, yeah, that is that is oh, totally yeah. traditional friend zone scenario. Uh, yeah. Again, that's the develop, you know, sort of the carrying on of that storyline. Right, right. And then Jeffrey Combs comes in there and is mm-hmm. a blue hard rich guy. And but I just like the way he talks, Mr. Odo, what do you do? Mr. Odo. What is it that you do? It's like just the way he said that. Really. He's right. And and I don't know when. I think it's 
later this season. It may not be until the fourth season where we get every week Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm waiting. We can't wait. I'm we excited. can't wait for those yeah, days because yeah, yes. that's a better Jeffrey Coombs character than Tyrod or Tyrod. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's better than Bradley Whitford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, money isn't everything, but but it can buy everything. Yeah. But then we jump to the Defiant and they're in the Gamma Quadrant. <sighs> Yeah, um, <laughs> and shit's going on. They find a planet or something. The planet <laughs> pops out of middle of nowhere. Yeah, so I do. I did appreciate that they at least. It's like, oh, we're just doing a dumbass, stupid Star Trek episode, but based on Brigadoon. Yeah, we're doing a dumbass based on a fucking musical or whatever. Hmm. But they do at least have to. Now that we're in the shit, and we're far enough to end the season three, they were like, okay, we've got our good episodes now we've got to get some of our <laughs> shitty filler episodes in but we do have to at least mention that the dominion is a thing and who isn't a good thing that we haven't come across in any jim hadar warships we have to say it now because that's a thing we have to deal with but okay back to the shitty episode yeah no I, that's the another the, like right off the bat this whole thing bothered me i was like all of your like the leadership <laughs> All of your officer class yeah. of, of your star stage just takes it goes on a lark to go observe gravitational issues at a star <laughs> in the middle of like enemy territory. Now that's the fuck are you doing? That's the that's some fan service right there. Yeah, that's that's the spirit of X. They did their survey, the Deep Space Nine survey of how can we serve you better to their nerds of 1993. They wanted more of this kind of gallivanting, going out. Yeah, and I yeah. and I think that they're trying to like reconcile the fact that they have a. A series long arc, mm -hmm. and they still have to do this. Like they're obligated to do this nonsense because the fans want it. And you know what? The fans—they that's their own fault. This episode, <laughs> they should just let them do whatever vision they have. <laughs> right? Yeah. In the words of Nicholas Meyer, yeah, the fans don't know what they want. That is right. that is true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But <laughs> even even Cisco says in his commander's log, I've convinced the top brass that we should go to the Gamma Quadrant <laughs> for reasons. And they're like, okay, fine. Fucking A. Like, why do you, like, why do you have to, just make it in the Alpha Quadrant. Like, why does it have to be in the Gamma Quadrant? I would, I, uh, I mean, I make it the Gamma Quadrant because fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. This, this thing is too far gone anyway. So fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they go there and it turns out that the planet pops up into our dimension once every 60 years. Right. And stays for an indeterminate but decreasing amount of time. And so everybody eats and fucks when they come because that's the only time they can have corporeal pleasures. But it, it they're boring. They're not like fucking all the time. Yeah, but like, well, yeah, they don't have time to eat and fuck because it takes they have first meal and then they're like, we don't have time to breed. So there's only 30 of us left. It was like you had 12 days. Fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like, maybe it just takes like 60. That is 100. literally 48 fucks. Like you can like more. Yeah. But what's the gestation period? So even say they're like humans. Because they are, except they had dumb eyeshadow, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Say they're like, and so it's a nine-month gestation period to get knocked up. And then they appear every 60 years for 12 days. Mm -hmm. It's going to take several take forever, centuries yeah. just to get through a pregnancy. You're right. You're right. Uh, but but what happened to all the people that are dying? That's what I don't know. Because like, oh, there were more of us, and then we can't fuck anymore. Like, Huh? Yeah, uh, I, and there was like, yeah, they sort of. I don't get this. Okay, you don't get how they're so chill. They don't have a psychotic break because even if you're conscious, yeah, right? I guess. Yeah. Okay, so he has a conversation. So that you meet this guy, and he's played by, and I'm just gonna, I'm going to shit on him for the rest of this fucking episode. Yeah, but this guy, his actor named Brett Cullen, he has done good things. He's really great. Opposite Bradley Whitford and West Wing for a few episodes, <laughs> he is a worker. He does tons of shit. He's in like Justified. He's a good actor. He's made. Did, he did some shit. <laughs> no, he did, yeah. But he's awful in this. But, uh, okay, so he comes up, they pop out, and they go visit. Cisco and crew come down to visit. To have, have a, a big, fucking picnic. To have a picnic. <laughs> For first. It's not the yeah. first, that's not the last picnic you'll have no, either. No, uh, no. So, so they have a picnic, and then everything this guy says is about fucking. In some veiled, suave capacity, like, 
you know, Star Trek swab capacity. Star Trek swab. Yeah, I noticed that you bite your lower lip when you get <laughs> yes, yeah, so he goes, when you get nervous. It's like, does she? Well, I guess she does now because we wrote in the damn script. So, and this episode, by the way, was because we've been this before. This was credited to being written by Hillary Botter, so it's a woman and the Evan. Carlos, who wrote Melora, unfortunately, which is probably the closest episode this tracks with. Oh, really? Because the set was straight out of shadow play. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This was a much <laughs> like, set. Oh, I remember this. They just put some some greenery on. Oh my god, you're right. Set and it's I like, didn't even. I, oh <laughs> my god. It's another <laughs> dumb hippie alien planet. Like these mm-hmm. ones have dumb shit eyeshadow, and the women have hair. Yes. Like, so okay, so he she goes down, and the first thing he's like, he's got such interesting spots that they're flirting back. So this isn't like a coming on hard. This isn't like the Jeffrey Coombs character to Kira. He like she's she's responsive to these flirtations yeah, for some reason. Talks about where do where do your spots go? Out, how far to down do they? go and she goes they go all the way so she's all got, the way which means she's got spots on her pussy so like we all know that now because the story <laughs> told us uh, well no they go all the way down to her toes yeah I, she made her pussy she made her pussy no i i i actually thought no i really thought they went all like james i i don't know what you're referring yeah that doesn't make sense we do see they go down her legs why would they yeah they go down her legs spoilers later she we see her in, her in a bathing suit and they go down her legs. Uh, you that okay okay you yeah. can okay but, but no, i she's say that, that was clearly a flirtatious okay, look. Okay, James, fine. She's, 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 she's talking about her pussy. <laughs> <laughs> then they eat out this, uh, they eat out this, <laughs> this, this piece of fruit because she's not yeah, eating it correctly. And she, and she, she's not good. She's not any good at eating this fruit, but he's like, no, you just got to go down here and scrape the rind. Scrapes it out with this. Yes. Here, let me help you with that. Scrapes it out with his tongue and he's not afraid to get any of that fruit juices around his mouth. The trick is to scoop out the pulp the thin layer inside the rind. Here, try some. It's delicious. Especially if you've been looking forward to it for 60 years. 60 years? Mm. He, has no, he has no problem with it. He lets her know. And, okay, and, okay, okay. That was about pussy, right? <laughs> yeah. Can we all agree okay, with that? Right. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I mean, at the time, I thought it was just about having a chase picnic and eating fruit. Okay, fine. <laughs> Okay, so, so th- there's that because this is about like them trying to telescope how quick they fuck. So like, and that's fine. I don't care. He's on a timetable. Uh, yes, he's on a. Right. He's gotta get. But she's so they, chaste and demure about everything. Like, I mean, they get to it pretty I fast. I guess they're but. trying to they're trying to like show that she's. I mean, she talks about her gambling. I don't know. Like, we just got problems. Yeah. So I would imagine. Yeah. That's her but, way of telegraphing that she's a woman of the world, doesn't it? Maybe. Yeah, but then they even showed that as boring, and yeah, Dax is. Po- and like, she's bad at it. Apparently, we thought she was good at Tongo this whole time. She's bad at and eating fruit. Later, like, she's bad at that. She's she's not the best. Yeah. Next thing we're gonna know that that wrestler was just <laughs> letting her win. <laughs> you know that yeah. guy that she was. Fucking yeah. No. With. Yeah. The her her side piece that she she keeps on the station that she was trying uh, to push off on cousin Arn uh, Oliver. <laughs> Uh, so they're doing this and then like he says that he doesn't like being in the they, they say that must be fun to be in this sort of corporeal spirit where you don't age and they go yeah but uh, I like coming back I don't know the word he was talking about but he was talking about pussy oh he, oh, goes, he says yeah I was like, like well we we only age in our corporeal form and she's like well it must, must be nice like well we look forward to its many pleasures yes the corporeal forms many pleasures which means eating fruit right. and eating fruit and, and picnics. Picnics, James. Picnics. And then he proceeded to lick the, all the juice around his mouth like a cartoon wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So, so that that was the the gist of this scene. And I don't even know what the fuck. I mean, everything was so boring except. Yeah, for, Cisco like, is good with the kids. They have the baseball, but it's. Do you want to play Vajhak with us? And Cisco, I mean, I guess they're just like, see, he's not Picard. He's hugging kids. And it's like, okay, that's weird. But, I, I literally I mean, have not no so mem- weird. I literally, I watched this episode two hours ago, and I literally have no memory of that scene. I noticed because it's like, he's he hugs a kid and tosses a baseball behind his back. Oh, lovable Cisco. Yeah. Uh, so... So why can't they get off the planet? If they leave the planet, like... Yeah, that's the whole thing. That Like, why don't they... They never discuss, like, okay, if you don't want to be here for 60 years, there's only 30 of you. We can probably fit you on the Defiant. Yeah, and then... Or if that's, like, your home, 
maybe like you can go somewhere and fuck and have kids and then get in your corporeal no, state. No, I mean, and then jump. they gave us they gave a scientific reason why. Why they gave a scientific reason why? I mean, it was just techno babble. But but he's gonna leave. But they discover that he can't do that because his body will break down or something, right? No, no, he just decided that no, he needed this. He stays behind just because his people need him. Yeah. Oh, this is even stupider than I thought. <laughs> 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 well, first off, what's her name? Uh, Silton Rakal of Meridian wait a minute, wait a minute. decides that he needs to be um, have it, it's hooking up with some other girl, Rakal or Rashira or something. Doesn't matter. They didn't cast her. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeffrey Coombs ain't cheap, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, he's worth it. The rest of these people, I don't know about. Yeah, they're having their picnics and they go on a walk and climb a tree. And I guess we we did know that she was afraid of heights because she got the top bunk one time. <laughs> yep. So and, that came back. That was a callback. Yep. That's how I know I'm afraid of heights. So there's something written in the Gen Z as traits. Okay. Bible. Right. Now, well, and let's, the biting let's, her lip, okay. which is new. Yeah. Now, what? let's if you look at all of the Star Trek, all of Star Treks, all of it, mm-hmm. and you look at the, the scenes that take place in trees, this is not even the best one. <laughs> because don't they have the one where Spock... Gets loaded up on some yes. space drugs and like won't come down from a tree or something. <laughs> is that the Lotus yeah. Eaters? I think. I think so. Like this isn't even. Yeah. Even Star Trek scenes that take place in trees, this isn't even the. It's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is God. This is so bad. And they climb up, and it's so fucking weird, and it's so fucking poorly shot and staged. It's literally they climb up a tree, they giggle, and then they climb down a tree. Except for she almost falls. Like. Why? It's like why do they? Why did Jonathan I mean, Franks? Why did why did why did he do this? I don't know. Like, is there any backstory? Th- on, is there any backstory I, on this? I think he needed a paycheck. Yeah, he was like, oh, you want to direct one? Of, oh, I mean, I'm sorry that nobody wants to hire you for anything. And I think maybe Star he Trek didn't want shit. a paycheck. He might not have needed the paycheck from this, but I think he wanted to direct. Probably wanted to direct First Contact. I hope. Well, uh, this isn't what got him first contact. Yeah, well, I think I can go out on a limb and yeah, say I'm sure he's he goes to the Paramount Brass and he brings about a sizzle reel and it's all this episode. <laughs> they're like, um, no, no, you guys just wait, just wait till you see the tree scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure he wowed the Paramount Brass over with this episode. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't get this. There's a one point, like a scene later, where she has a whole conversation with, about Tongo to Bashir, and then oh, yeah. and oh, then Brett yeah. Cullen comes in, and then she has. This the exact same. She oh, like I mean, tells him what they were just talking oh, about. Oh my god, that that whole thing. Well, that's like after she decides that he's going to come up, and then they come up, and he's on the defiant. But she's not trying to fuck her anymore. Yeah, so no, they're buddies. That was they, the only they, thing worthwhile you can get from that scene is Bashir just had a. But we've already covered that. We already we've done that already. We sort already know. Of, but but this was a whole conversation about her fucking. Sort of. Right. And but then we learned that she's bad at Tongo, which I did like, because mm-hmm. Quark's going to be sad when you bring this guy along or whatever. Or maybe she's decided to stay by this point. I don't remember. No, this is <laughs> this is right yeah. after they fuck. Right. This the, is a weird scene because there is a moment as an audience member where you're watching the scene and then you realize, oh, she's just going to repeat everything for the next three minutes oh that she just <laughs> oh, said. Oh, oh, where she thinks she's explaining, oh, this is how you win at Tonga. She's just saying oh, the oh, exact oh, 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 hey, hey, podcast listeners, do you want to know a secret about how to win at cards? <laughs> when you have a good hand, play it. <laughs> like, that's all I like. like. <laughs> Here's the key to winning Tongo. Confront when you realize that you have a better hand than your opponent. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. But that's and, uh, how you win games. Yeah, you're right. The whole conversation, but I had to listen to it twice. So, like, because <laughs> yeah. they said it twice. The one thing I noticed is, like, who... That's such a fundamental script construction thing that I don't even understand how that made it into the... It's almost like you're watching really bad improv. Like, like <laughs> Oh, no, I think they were short on... I think this the, this episode's so bad. No, they're the, short you're on time on they just copy and paste it to, to pad out the episode. You're on to something, James. This is bad improv. Oh, if, you, if you're through the UCB method where it's like, oh, they think they're playing the same game over again because mm-hmm. that's what you want to do, but they're just doing boring scenes. They're not heightening. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Improv <laughs> nerd corner <laughs> but, well yeah but like i mean that's like the worst improv right is you have the scene and then a third partner comes in and then you just regrow. yeah well let me you tell do you the what same we've thing. been doing here yeah 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 because i mean improv plot doesn't matter you want to do the same kind of game over and over again and heighten it and do it differently do it different ways because it's funny to see things repeated mm-hmm. but this was just there to just showing you how to do bad improv <laughs> and like hey just say the thing that you just said 
exactly the same way. I was kind of hoping the second okay. time I watched it, I was kind of hoping that the scene would be broken and like, like you could have just imagined like turning into like a UCB absurdity where each <laughs> another person comes in and they have the same taco conversation yeah. to the point where the room is cramped and she's saying <laughs> it for like the tenth time. Oh well, yeah, it, that's you know, hey, hey, that's it what, It's about breaking the rules by doing the same thing <laughs> enough that it's funny. <laughs> Um, yes. they only did it twice here and it, it, it didn't uh, get it any was. better. And I, I'm sick. Can we not, uh, man, can we talk about Jeffrey Combs again? No, I, well, wait, wait <laughs> one thing I, one thing I noticed is that she had like the, they had the weirdest let's have sex line <laughs> because after they climbed down from the tree and they had a picnic, literally, she's like, I don't remember what comes next. Comes next. And then he kind of mounts her and she goes, Oh yeah. I think I'm starting to remember. And I'm like, it is the middle of the day in a botanical garden. You are <laughs> gonna fuck her in the middle of like, like okay, like there's only thirty people on the planet. James. <laughs> that's true. That is true. But I get the feeling they probably cluster. But nonetheless, so that that happens, and and then they regurgitate the same scene over and over and over again. And yeah, God, this, we'll come back this to thing it. Thing broke. I, I just can't take any more of it. It broke me too. Okay, fine. We'll yeah. we'll finish the A plot. But the Jeffrey Coombs storyline is fucking weird too. Where it's like he, yeah, but it's weird and fun. It's, it's it's I'm not gonna say it's great, but it's at least more fun. But like I said, it fleshes out. It definitely fleshes out something that's on the thought of everybody's mind about like what is the what's the worst thing that could happen with these. Hollow Sweets. Well, somebody could steal your image and basically have all the fun they want with your likeness. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of gross. Yeah. And how do you prevent that? Yeah, ask Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> that Kanye video. She was not happy about that's exactly, it. This is exactly what this guy is like Kanye. It's basically, it's exactly the same thing. Who's that actor? There's a famous photographer who does that, those like candid, she does fake National Enquirer photos. Of like the queen and like oh yeah doing like butt sex and shit like like I can't but she's like a famous British photographer or like a art photographer who does this kind of like fake candid things but like yeah the light I mean people get pissed off at that shit because it looks like I don't know she just had a whole bunch come out with Trump that was pretty yeah, fun that, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean you know it brings a weird ethical question like yeah, that um, ethical, you know. ethics are pretty straightforward it's shouldn't it? yeah well you're not hurting the person unless until they find out or it gets out and you're still well it's like if it were just an anonymous sex robot that doesn't hurt anybody but once that sex robot looks like somebody it sounds it has the personality yeah victim you know you're yeah yeah you're doing something wrong even though it's not that person well to use it in the modern media language you are your first ip owned ip so if yeah i mean if someone wants to uh, masturbate to it you either have to acquiesce or make money off of it you know and so I'm sure in this world, there are women who just go through the full holodeck scan thing, you know, for extra money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then get copied. And then that becomes like, then they, you know, it goes. It, hey, it's like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. She goes out to get coffee at, at San Francisco mm-hmm. at the Academy. And somebody's like, oh, my God, I, I know you. Right. And then Jordy LaForge comes <laughs> How do up. I know you. I know you from somewhere. And then <laughs> like, she's like, <laughs> I, oh, oh I, I know everything about you. I've. I, I know every nook and crank. Oh, okay. Yeah, he gets real creepy and Jordy's got some issues. Jordy only does that to like the highest <laughs> level of scientific minds, though, doesn't he? Of, he to, you have to have. Right, right. That happen to be hot women, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's got very particular tastes. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Okay. But Jeffrey Combs doesn't want to have a picnic with the pleasure goddess of Rick's picnic. I don't like picnics. Or, yeah, me neither. It's pretty good at Combs. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good, actually. Quark has hijinks. He's got fun hijinks trying to get a picture of Kira. Well, first she's the one millionth customer, and, you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's fun, stupid, like, sitcom games, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, you get a free Candora champagne of uh, the vintage 2368. So they're using... Our year. Oh my God! Instead yeah, of that's... the star dates for that, which I found a little little bit of nerd corner here. But oh really? Okay. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I mean, maybe twenty three sixty eight is a vintage. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. oh yeah. Well, but then she's like, oh, well, I guess because it's an Earth date. It's Earth aged, so, so you don't have to like. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, but it's Candora champagne. Oh, is it from Candora? 
Oh, Candora, not Pandora. Mm, I don't know. I guess, or is Candora a family in France? Because Champagne has to be from, has to be from France. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't guess know. this really is a n- nerd corner, <laughs> angry nerd corner. I'm not angry about it. That is might be the deepest level of nitpick we've ever <laughs> gone on this. Congratulations. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. That was. Deep. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> and that's what ruined this episode for me. Nope. We all know that Pinot Noir grapes have to be raised. No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you guys, actually, we have just turned it sideways in space all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, because this episode is fucking ass. Yeah. And we don't want to talk. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I placed this episode. This episode is worse than Move Along Home for me. Yeah, it was pretty bad. He, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe up there, it's it's move along yes. home was more fun. Maybe babble. Maybe it's as bad as it's as bad as oh. the worst. This one takes itself so seriously in its Star Trek tone <laughs> that it, that it almost makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's just them being so bad at figuring out romance. Oh my god, yeah. I know they got Hilly Botter as a credit mm. on here, but it feels like someone who doesn't know. I mean, like, we don't have time to make them fall in love, so we'll just telegraph it and have... Um, we're back to Dax. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, where when they're like, hey, do you want to come down? Do you have anything to do? No, me neither. Do you want to go down? And she's like... Mm-hmm. Oh my, yeah, yikes, is it hot in here? She pulls on her collar, it's like, yelp. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, that, there is a lot. Okay, <laughs> so here's what I want to say about the worst episode. Okay, so the thing about Babel or Move Along Home or, shit, I hate Dramatis Personae or any of those awful fucking episodes are all the, if all wishes were horses or whatever the fuck that episode was, <laughs> right. is that at the end of the episode, and I complained about it at the time, but it's almost quaint now that it, it was, uh, you know, where they're like, well, everything back to normal back to normal <laughs> with this episode oh, you can't like it, this took itself so seriously at the end of it it was like and dax was never the same again same again <laughs> except, except she was they do that that's not the first time they've done that with dax even yes. blood oath even which was a great episode they're like do you think everything's gonna be okay i, I don't know if we can live with this like and then next episode like yep we can yeah, <laughs> she's totally fine with it i mean i guess that's just the nature of the beast of television and 1994 but and don't they say something in episodes like it's the only time she's fallen in love in like 300 years or some shit like that oh uh, well this goes back to my everybody acts not how i feel like their characters were set up to act maybe the, oh man, just o'brien and his goofy ass what do you look at that over there <laughs> hubba hubba looks to cisco and bashir it's like it's just like Colm, man, Colm, you were my rock. What are you doing, man? And now you're just, oh, now you're in on this badness too. Because then, uh, what made me think of it? So yeah, Cisco has when she's having the, I'm gonna go stay down with this guy that I met two days ago, and he's like, Curzon would never do that. I saw him go through so many women, and she's like, Well, I'm not, I'm not Curzon, which is the line that's starting to drive me crazy from Jadzia. But mm-hmm. and he's like, You're right. I've never seen you do anything without thinking it through. Yeah, but by the way, this whole episode is about her doing something she didn't think all the way through. <laughs> yeah, and oh my god, uh, it, like Cisco, uh, Avery Brooks is like heavy breathing, like where he's getting overly emotional at the end. He's like, <laughs> he's doing some heavy, like almost he's, like he's trying to polish a turd, and that's what that's the sound of a man polishing a turd. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, there's even a scene earlier on where they're flirting on the defiant bridge where it's like they're flirting and you're supposed to watch that and in the background is avery brooks just giving them the like the stink eye yeah yeah and i was like why at no point in this episode does he seem to be concerned about this guy wanting to fuck her like and so it made me wonder like through this whole episode why wouldn't this episode be more interesting if a if he was if these were like gypsy i'm sorry that's not a fair no if these were like scam scam artists oh yeah 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 well like when when they first come up to the planet the planet materializes like it's not a cloak and then selton whatever lady from meridian says oh no our our planet just comes into phase and we live in nothing non-corporeal come down for first meal and cisco is like hey you're not just going to disappear when we're down there are you she's like no we're going to be here for a while ha 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 you're not going to fuck us and steal our kidneys are you and that's totally <laughs> like and he's like okay okay person i just met i trust you oh she says she's going to be here for a while so i guess we don't have to take any precautions it's like come on you're a better 
don't make me take back all the shit I said about you being the best captain here, Cisco. Come this on. dinner's going weird. Uh, this dinner would be easier if we just had your credit card number. But um, <laughs> Right. We'd love to have you for dinner. And then like, <laughs> There is at no point any sort of suspicion that this is a scam. Yeah. And it's not a scam. It would have been so much more interesting if this was about a group of men who, like, preyed on lonely space women. Oh. And that would have been much more. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, we're not doing the what would we fix yes. so much in this season. But I feel like, I think, well, this is the what would I fix in every one of these shitty romance episodes. We did it on Second Sight, too. It's like... Okay, this is how you fix that. They're mind controlled. (laughs) (laughs) They're an evil alien that could trick these people into coming in. And they're like Mm -hmm. sirens on the beach, you know, come stay with us. And then like their life force is what lets them phase or whatever it is. But they're nope, they're they're good people. It's like, yeah, I don't. (laughs) Can we have more Jeffrey Combs? (laughs) Yeah, but like none of the decisions that any of them makes makes any sense. And so they've got to make all of this really telescoped. And it's just. It would all be so much better if it was just about how, like, Jet Zio was really lonely and got snookered in by, like, a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, because he's and a weirdo. He's a... It's a dumb hippie planet full of dumb hippies. Mm-hmm. It's like the sister planet to the last, no, two or three dumb hippie planets back. It's the same damn set. Yeah. But whatever. No. <sighs> so, uh, back to Jeffrey Combs. Oh, yeah. The way that Odo ends up, or the way that Quark ends up getting this whole thing sort of ball rolling with making this a porn file of Kira is that he accesses her personal files in the database computers. Yeah. He has to buy a top level clearance thing. How detailed are the Federation personnel files about their bodies? They probably have a scan of like all their uh, biological, like for DNA in case somebody gets stuck in the pattern buffer. But I mean, I assume that there's like some sort of like, AutoCAD of her naked body, right? Sure. It's like when you... It, That's what he would have had to have used, right? Well, he could have done it with just a, his hollow imager, too, that where he's just taking shots from the waist up for some reason, and then Odo keeps standing in front of him. Because like, he's got the little, like, Star Wars... That was phase one. That was that was attempt one. But attempt two was just to steal her file. Yeah, yeah. But I f- it makes sense that the files would be that thorough guess what you got to stand in front of it's like when you go for your security id at at the office you got to go up to level to the 31st floor where i work and stand and they take your picture in front of the thing in the future they do a scan of you because there's no 2d images of anything they just do they don't take a they don't take a picture of your genitals well if he can do if the hollow scan that he couldn't get because quark kept standing in front of her was enough he could do it. I guess. They got their uniforms are not very um they're pretty tight. Well, okay, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> come on. Okay, okay, that was a funny one. Okay, but you um, can see people's like packages hanging out sometimes, you know. Okay, so if this was just as simple of I can get her work badge and make the hologram from that, that didn't seem to be a hard task before Quark, but he was treating it like he, he was on a Mission Impossible project. Well, it was, it was, it cost a lot to get that security thing. Yeah, I don't, if that's what's upsetting you, can, did you know that this vintage was 2368? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just saying that, like, it seems like the whole thing was about, like, how are you going to get this? I don't know. It, it seemed like it was heightening the stakes, and then, like, they didn't have a very good... I mean, they have a, they have a very funny little sequence uh, Yeah, uh, th- that's coming up, but it seems how to get in the door, how Quark thought he achieved his job, was by doing something very basic that would have probably occurred to him when the deal was first talked about, right? Yeah, but it cost a lot of money for it, so he's going to go the cheap way. He hacked into the computer, which he's done all the time. No, he bought. He had to pay a lot for a special security rod because then he goes up to oh yeah, yeah you're uh, right. Tehran and says, "I had to pay for this thing; it didn't come cheap." And the guy's like, "I don't care what money." money i don't it buys everything i have every all the money yeah do yeah. whatever oh great because i already built you yeah all that jeffrey coombs says in this entire show is some form of wanting to fuck kira and how much how wealthy he yeah. is every line is some variation on those two ideas yeah. well, you know some people are simple <laughs> some people are very simple <laughs> have simple wants so i mean i guess the thing is that odo catches the the scam but before instead of just confronting quark about it they reprogram the sex the, the porn yeah to where when he looks at kira and this is very hilarious reveal it is quark's head on kira's body yeah i i, I see a gif of that 
and I yeah, that's right. I said gif, motherfuckers. That's true. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's it's no, it's it's gif. But <laughs> we're divided yeah, here on our podcast about what it's called. <laughs> but I've seen that whatever the abbreviation stands for, graphic image file. Yeah. Graf, but uh-huh. um, or graphic image file. Sorry. Stay with that. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, <laughs> um, see it a lot of places, and I no spoilers. I didn't know it was from this episode. I thought it was from something else. Oh yes, later on another episode. Uh, I, I know what you're talking. I think everybody. Knows. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's funny. It's a funny sequence. Yeah, it's just, it's uh the B plot it's, is it's, just a dumb goof. It's like the lead up to that. Yeah, it's a wacky sitcom plot, but whatever. It's better than so. The background of that shot is that this was filmed a couple weeks after, obviously, second scan where Kara had to spend the whole Nana visitor had to spend the whole episode in, in Cardassian makeup, and Nana visitor apparently is a pretty extreme claustrophobic. And she suffered through second skin. It, it was triggering for her. But when they went to figure out this scene, she got on set. And she, I guess, was in a nighty or whatever. And she was ready to shoot the scene. And then they told her she was going to have to wear, like, this green bag over her head. <laughs> and she's like, nope. And she said, fuck you, and walked off set. Oh, really? And so they had to call in uh, the, a ringer. Oh, okay. The, I was wondering. Yeah. Because. Which, I, I mean, that, I that's fine. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. she's the star of the show. I don't care. Yeah. You know, but it, like, it, it's, it, well, and at that point, I was like, oh, he's not Bradley Whitford. It suddenly turned into Brazil. How? Oh, the. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where he's going through all these, the curtains and everything. The gauzy. Yeah. yeah. This gauzy sort of like what? Yeah, yeah. This all used to be like a what used to be sexy on television in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Then what you don't like, you would never see that because like, I didn't know it was in a, in a bag. For all I knew, it was like a woman lying down, a pillow in front of her, and they just stuck <laughs> Armin Shimmerman next head yeah, out was, of the. <laughs> it was a practical effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just all right. Here's a hole in the bed. Stick your head out and lean back and make it look like it's. <laughs> No, it, it was CG they, uh, or whatever yeah, yeah. passed for. It was composite. It was compositing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that would have been funny. <laughs> well, the last thing they had to put her matrix into the into the pattern buffer on the teleporter and mix his mm-hmm. matrix something. Yeah. His quantum matrix with her and she'll be able to stay, except it doesn't work. About blows up the planet and then she cries in the corner when she can't go. Yeah, they didn't explain it other than like it seemed like that just the planet was rejecting her. Yeah. Like, and And then she's like in a shitty blue screen, like that shot where she's like, oh, and the planet's psychedelic now and they're phasing out. It just looked bad. Like when they get the DS9 Blu ray, well, they never will. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they're going to polish that turd. (laughs) All right, Okuda's like, now she's crying because she's going to miss the produce of that that planet, not because she's going to miss that guy. (laughs) I've just learned how to eat that fruit. I'm so good at it. I found the little man in the boat on the fruit. Yeah, it's. Uh, Yeah. And then um, I guess Cisco's like, okay, you can have your old job back. And yeah. they kind of just shrug and, and go back, right? Yeah. Apparently, HR at the Federation is the laxest fucking thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because it's like uh, you can do whatever you want to do. Like, oh, I guess nobody's asked for a 60 year leave before. Ha ha ha. No, they haven't because it's not. But apparently, you can just do that in the Federation because, hey, people get to do what they're good at and what they want. And everything's great. Yeah, it, it always just, just goes back to the one conceit that you have to believe when watching Star Trek. It's that San Francisco hippies get their shit together and run an intergalactic naval like <laughs> force. Sure. Like, you have once you believe that, everything else is pretty simple. Right. So, um, mm. uh, this one we weren't very big on this episode. Where do you guys think the people, the good people of IMDb, uh, the kind of people who sign up for IMDb Pro, oh my God. just to leave the comments? Do you have to what have a pro account to think? leave comments? I, I don't. I don't I know. Don't I, I just <laughs> imagine. I think you. <laughs> then it's just like all their agents. Right. <laughs> like, I give this one a nine. Casting director, sir. No, okay. Um, I got to say, we're going to test the bottom. Are we going to test the floor? I was going to give it. I'm gonna, I was going to call it. Because I know the writers. I know the writers hate this show. Iris Stephen Bear called himself a moron for suggesting it. <laughs> well, um, the only peop- the only person that likes this episode is that Ter- Terry Farrell really likes her scene yeah. with Cisco. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh huh. Okay. 
Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, guys, I know. I'm, I'm with you on this. Uh, shit, could we go as low as five? I was gonna go Wade? six, but I we've been under six. I before, think right? I don't think we've ever been. Under you six. have we ever been? Under I think six? that there have been shows under six, but since we have been noticing the star rating, so six is the four. We haven't had anything lower than a six, six point two. I think. <sighs> Are you going with six? I'm going six point one. Six point one. I'll I'll go with five point nine. I want to believe people of IMDb have. We've good got a ton opinion. of votes on this. This has got six hundred and twenty-two votes, and the rating is five point five. People, pe- <laughs> people hate this episode. Wow. Uh, usually, if you go to the bottom of the IMDb uh, episode page, the user reviews. Maybe there's a user review. Sometimes there's just like two at the most. This one's got five. Mm-hmm. And just real quick, I'll read some of the titles of the, the user reviews. Uh, here we have uh, Plankton Rules, who is a a, a common, frequent... <laughs> co- yeah. A frequent poster. He, uh, Plankton th- Rules. Plankton, Our old man, Plankton Rules. Yes. He, he's been, every time you've yes. named a person, Plankton Rules. Right. There, We've mentioned him three times on this podcast. Uh, usually there's one commenter, and it's usually Plankton Rules. Plankton says, Brigadoon, dot, 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 in space. The next one says, uh, the real, quote, Brigadoon, in quote, saves a day, dot, 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 barely. And then this one's called uh, Love and Lust. Uh, <laughs> and then the next one, Frakes directs, comb debuts, Jadzia falls in love, we fall asleep. That's the name of that review. <laughs> and finally, the last uh, review is two stars out of what looks to be like, is this a 12-star rating? Uh, one, two, three. Uh, snooze Fest is what this one is called. It's simply Snooze Fest. Mm. This episode is really boring. Yeah, so people... Yeah hate this episode and so do we here on the rules of acquisition you guys have any closing thoughts i agree i kind of want to like if if anybody knows plankton rocks i would like to i would like to get plankton rocks to call in with a oh, question yeah, on yeah. the show he's obviously he's invested enough to yeah. come, to write a review for every episode on imdb we so, might have uh, to send drop plankton he or she a line if anybody yeah. knows who uh, plankton rocks is uh <laughs> or plankton give rules us a, give us a <laughs> captain rules yes yes whatever <laughs> Anybody, any plank- You've just been rule of acquisition. We got your name wrong. Congratulations. <laughs> yep. Oh man, this was this was putrid. This was uh this was low. Not, uh, not my favorite. <laughs> so if you liked the directing of Jonathan Frakes, next week we get the acting of Jonathan Frakes. Oh my god! In a little episode called Defiant. It's an okay. Right. Yeah, if I remember correctly. I don't remember, but I, I mean, I remember seeing Meridian. It's like, oh, I remember the name of this episode. Yeah. is this a good one? <laughs> now this next, yeah, the next one's called Defiant. It's about the Defiant, and uh, it's uh, about Jonathan Frakes. All right. I think he sits in a chair. We okay. Yeah. Well, uh... I've been waiting for. And welcome to, uh, do we have a name for this segment? Uh, um, I'm yelling at my phone Mailbag for scumbags. I like mailbag for scumbags. Mailbag for scumbags. But all our listeners are such delightful, lovely people. <laughs> We're the scumbags. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's clear enough. I think that that might. Yeah, but that feels like we're calling them scumbags. It's on its way. It's on its way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were the I'm yelling at my phone here guy, Hugh. So I was like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that. I'm yelling at my phone here. <laughs> so maybe that's it. <laughs> hey, people, let us know what you might want this segment. Yeah, I like the segment of this name to be the Spinal Traps drummer. Like it just keeps changing with each episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. But. Yep, we're going to jump into it. We're just going to do a couple of uh, responses this week. We'll start off with an old favorite. We keep going back to the well on this one, but Twiggy is an enjoyable listen. So <laughs> He calls us every week. That's, <laughs> yeah, that too. Our very own Billy Preston. <laughs> right. If y'all are getting tired of listening to Twiggy every time, which... How could you be? He's delightful. delightful. Call in and let us know something. Give us something better. You got to outdo it. You think you can do better? Why don't you speak up? In both quantity and quality. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Twiggy is definitely the bar. (laughs) Yeah. And in this, this is where we get Twiggy's response to, I think we talked about Dabo Girls last week. And so this should be interesting. Hey guys, my thought on Dabo Girls, I think is fairly similar to yours. I think they're more escort girls, though, than strippers. 
Um, but I think that they're probably more on the payroll of Quarks, um, just to like play, you know, work the wheels and uh, serve drinks and all that sort of stuff. But you can totally fuck them if you want to pay extra. Um, so that would give them that whole uh, dirty girl image and why, you know, parents are disowning their girls because they're Dabo girls, because at the end of the day, you know, they're getting paid to fuck. But, you know, it's, it's a 1990 <laughs> TV show. <laughs> we can't show that. So it's just like, no, 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 they work the casino floor and they're all good and wholesome. It's just, it's, it's hinted that they're not good, but no, they, they fuck. <laughs> so, so what do you think? Do Dabo girls fuck? Well, you know I, I, how I feel about it. I think that we did, we landed on probably, right? Is that <laughs> right. where we landed on? I, I landed on not all, yeah, not all. yeah. I mean, so, some of my best friends are strippers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Not all strippers <laughs> fuck for money, but enough do <laughs> that that it sort of taints the whole uh, artistry of dance. Yeah, of erotic dance. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think you can code them as sex workers, and that's what I I wasn't certain about that before, but I think that we would now call them sex workers. I think I'm on the side of that. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of on the side of that, but also. It's a 90s TV show. They can't say they're, sex workers. They're kind of non-sexed at some point. It's all about the slightest innuendo, and then maybe they make jokes in the writer's room about mm-hmm. dubber girls fucking. But again, it's like, it's generally pretty, pretty light. They're just, like you said, they, maybe they're like cigarette girls or cocktail waitresses, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe not. But yeah, but also they're kind of the courtesans from the Western, and in, in a Western where they're all hookers. But so... It's somewhere in between that. Depends on what lens you're listening. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, I think I agree. Yeah. Right. You still there, Hugh? Yeah. I'm just. I'm just thinking about them unionizing, and I was wondering. I was actually <laughs> digging deep in my brain to know if that was mentioned or illegal, and I'm getting real life confused. Like, is Quark's uh, right to work place where there's <laughs> there's a they they could unionize, oh, oh. but they choose to opt out of it. Oh, you're you're getting. Way ahead of yourself. Uh, okay, so yeah, that you're getting into spoiler territory there. Okay, oh, is I've there already a, said too much. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yep. See, that's why I was getting you cut this out because I was confusing my. I'm like Merlin in the Once and Future King. <laughs> like I'm confusing <laughs> my foreknowledge with what's going to happen. With yes, my past knowledge. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, yes. I was. Yeah. I'm sorry, I mean, my bad. I, I that's why I was being so quiet because I'm like thinking like. But anyway, and I thought maybe like the subtext was we don't want to fuck anymore. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so anyway, okay. scratch that. Twiggy, we love you. Thanks for the call. Other listeners, step it up. If you're gonna if you're gonna come, you know, come come strong or don't come at all. Twiggy's a bar. All right, what do we got next, Wade? Okay, we got a good one. Yeah, thanks again, Twiggy. Next up we have a another voicemail. We're gonna try and keep it a little bit shorter this week. We have a voicemail here from Kate. Wow. Yes. I don't know, Kate. Yeah, we have we have women listeners. <laughs> Star Trek's a very diverse <laughs> fandom. Okay, guys? <laughs> you know this. Just because it's three dudes talking on this podcast doesn't mean yeah. people and listening Yeah, all. I think that probably of all of the nerd fandoms, Star Trek is historically the most diverse. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the first conventions were organized and started by women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why some people don't like even the whole Trekkie word because it, they're not groupies. They're actual fans. No. It denotes people that are there to fuck the, you know, the town. Yeah, I've never, because I was never, I'm, I'm not even currently a trek, Trekkie or a Trekker. I've never understood why that's James, a- you have a Star Trek podcast. You're a Trekkie. <laughs> but he, Richard Picardo, twice on accident. Right. Five times on purpose, say. but twice right. on accident. <laughs> You're just a bad one. Stan Sakai. All right. And I follow right. him on Facebook. <laughs> okay, so anyway, here's Kate. Hi, guys. This is Kate. Um, I found your podcast through Tumblr, and so far I'm really enjoying it. The DSI is my favorite Star Trek show, and your podcast is the first DSI podcast I found that I actually like. So thanks for that. Um, I'm a few episodes behind in listening to it right now, so this message is a response to the episode about the House of Cork. Um, I loved the episode, and I really enjoyed hearing your take on it. One thing is that I'm really glad you guys like Keiko um, and that you've had good things to say about her from the beginning of the show and about her relationship with Miles. I tend to see dislikes for Keiko uh, on the Internet and places like that. I think, I don't know, people say things like that she's whiny or boring or whatever, but I think she's a really good character. And even though sometimes 
the writers don't really do her justice. I like her a lot, and I like her relationship with Miles. So, and I really enjoyed hearing what you guys had to say about that. Um, and then in response to your conversation about healthy relationships in Star Trek shows, I haven't watched all of Voyager, so I can't really comment on Tom and Bellana, but I think DS9 does have some healthy long-term relationships later on in the show. Um, I don't want to be too specific about it because I know you're trying to avoid spoilers for later things. Um, but one of my favorite things about DS9 specifically is that it deals with families in a way that the other shows don't. Um, I haven't seen all of them. I've seen all of TNG and parts of TOS and Voyager, but in general, DS9, I think has more family relationships. I'm especially thinking about Cisco's family. Um, again, I don't want to go too in depth on that because spoilers, and I understand if you guys don't want to talk about that particularly right now, but I'm definitely interested to hear what you think of the future DS9 relationships once the podcast gets that far. Um, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I like the podcast. Keep it up. Yeah. So that was Kate. That's great. Yes. Uh, Kate, a few things right off the bat. We are very pro Keiko podcast. We I'm thinking that we should come up with some sort of like pro Keiko stickers <laughs> or something, <laughs> something, something that we can like offer to our fans like Kate, who are trying to squash the notion that she's some sort of shrew, yeah. you know, in that, you know, because I hate that bullshit, too. Um, also, I think she's right about that because I have seen all of Voyager and well, I've seen them all except well, so, yeah, I've seen them all. And Enterprise really only has the Beagle, as far as like the the, the only thing that could count is family. Um, <laughs> you and, don't think their relationship? I I hear that there's one relationship that people it's constantly unrequited, I, like uh, sonic showers or yeah. <laughs> rubbing oh, de decontamination gel or some shit. That's more. Oh, we don't have to worry about Enterprise spoilers, right? Workplace booty calls are not family relationships. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. the, so I the, think that the, the Nobleen called Flox. Yeah, Doctor Fox. Flox, but he's got a family, but it's it's weird. It's alien, like in a lot of ways, and he's got a son, and his relationship with his son is alien. <laughs> his son is in the alt-right of Denoblians. Oh, really? But, yeah, yeah. But Kate brings up a, a great yeah. point that DS9 yes. does showcase, like, family units in the 24th century and does a really good job of exploring, like, the ins and outs of uh, family yeah. life yeah. in and the I, future. And I would say that just in general, like, from a perspective where we wait a single, but me and Hugh are married to women who are more successful than us. <laughs> Both of us. So I, I think that like that gives us an appreciation. Yeah, you should hear their you should hear their uh, next generation podcast. They get way, <laughs> our wives' next generation podcast gets a way more downloads. Yes, but in general, like I think that because a lot of like sort of geek fandom and this kind of stuff is a uh, is a boys club and literally boys like literally like they're twenty year old you know or whatever or man boys man child who don't get married but like they don't like have a full sort of scope of like the give and take of a relationship but there's nothing like being in ten fifteen years of a of a relationship with a motivated and higher powered per a high powered person where you start realizing that there is a very much a a relationship there. And that it makes you more open to seeing how O'Brien's fucking up Keiko's life <laughs> in a way that I don't think that a typical fan of like, I don't want to typify, but like the way those guys making those comments about fuck Keiko, she's a shrew. Those guys probably but also have like the decks yes. uh, memorized. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the maps are, are probably not in uh, healthy relationships. Kate, I'm picking and, up what you're putting yeah. down. You're at the right. You're at the, if you want to like, if you want to listen to people talk about characters and relationships and family and not like, Deck schematics uh, uh, of Deep Space Nine. You're listening to the right podcast. Yes. And if you do want to hear about that and you're in, enraged by our social justice warrioring or yes. if you're enraged by our affinity for Keiko, well, come at us, bro. <laughs> I don't know. The sad puppy fans of... Yeah. yeah. Again, we're we're really looking for people to like hate us. Really, this. We, we, we want to be provocative. We we want to say mean things about people. <laughs> like I'm really <laughs> right. I'm, so why are you all such nice people? Damn it! I'm really good at being mean to people. 
<laughs> but like, I, I would say the, the the Kate call in particular it reaches the Twiggy level. So yeah, yeah Kate. Yeah. If you have any other thoughts, it doesn't matter if you're a few weeks behind. Give us a call. We'd love to. Oh hear yeah, from everybody you. call him. <laughs> yeah, we might edit it. We might tell mm-hmm. you to go fuck yourselves. No, I mean, well, or we might just like be nice to you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all we got for this right. week. Well, uh, do you want to give the phone number and the email address one more time, Wade? Oh, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. If you have any reason, if you hate us, we really want to hear from you. If you like us, I mean, who doesn't like praise? If you're indifferent, I don't know. <laughs> I guess give us a boring email and we are voicemail and maybe we'll, we won't play it. But anyways, if you ramble on and on like I'm doing right now, uh, we'll edit you down like maybe I should do to myself, <laughs> and I will. But give us a call at 917-408-3898. If you're an international listener like Twiggy, you can send us a little audio file like he does. Keep it under three minutes at least. Yep, but keep on, keep it on, move along home. <laughs> we want to hear from you. All right. Well, for those of us, all three of us, the rules of acquisition, thanks for listening. Uh, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.